Hey friends, we are your hosts Leanne and Llewellyn and welcome back to the One With Friends podcast. We've got double trouble double feature today to end 2023. So we're going to go ahead and get right in with it because we're here and you've already been here. Yeah. So welcome back. Welcome back. All right. This week we watched or the second one we watched was season seven, episode 17 <laughs> titled the one with the cheap wedding dress, which originally aired on March 15th, 2001. Teleplay by Andrew Reek and Ted Cohen. Story by Brian Buckner, Sebastian Jones, and directed by Kevin S. Bright. Monica regrets telling a fellow bride-to-be about a cheaper bridal store when she has to fight her tooth and nail for a unique wedding dress, and Ross and Joey compete for the same woman. Ooh. Okay, so technically, before we even get started, this episode was meant to air in the first half of the season, but it was pushed back to the second half. And you can tell by scenes from this episode and peering in the theme song role and the fact that the Barca Lounger in Monica and Chandler's apartment isn't broken yet. Nice catch. Wow, I didn't even realize Mm -hmm. that. There we go. Just little things. Little things. All right, so we start in the cafe in the soft open. Monica, Chandler, Phoebe, and Joey are all in the cafe, and Monica has to narrow down the appetizers to six. Joey offers to look and help select, and Chandler mentions a band called the Swing Kings, who he wants for their wedding, and he offers to call and book them, but Monica tells him to stick to his role, which is staying out of the way. And Joey can't seem to narrow down the list of appetizers and instead has added three more options that Monica should choose from. Mm-hmm. So then in the main part of the episode, we're outside. Uh, Ross and Chandler notice a pretty girl unpacking her car and Ross wants to strike up a conversation and Chandler has no issues with this because he is taken now. So it doesn't matter if he talks to pretty women. And we <laughs> quickly learn that he may be able to talk to them, but he has quite quite a lot of issues in doing so. So she asks for help lifting a heavy box, and Ross is immediately there to step in and tells a terrible story about sewage and waste and kind of gets way off topic and just earns like a smooth from Chandler. Um, mm-hmm. But he redeems himself by offering to take her for dinner that evening, which she happily suggests or accepts. Then Yeah, I would say Joey has gotten oh wait, we're not at Joey yet. No. Sorry. I think I'm never mind. Continue. I think I'm off on the scene. No, Sorry. <laughs> so then we head to the dress store and Monica is trying on dresses. She comes out in a stunning gown, and the girls both claim that it's the one that she has to get. And so another woman comes in and is just gushing over how gorgeous Monica is in that dress. And she thanks her um, and asks if she's found a dress yet when the woman says no because these dresses are so expensive. Monica agrees and tells her that she's only there to try them on to kind of like find her fit and find what she likes and all of that. But she's going to go to Kleinman's in Brooklyn to get the same dress at a discounted price. And she the lady thanks her and kind of jokes like you know i'm not actually getting married yet i just like to come to stores like this and try on dresses and rachel like is there to agree with that she's like yes same (laughs) me too i do that all the time 
but the lady was joking, mm. which is awkward, and continues asking Whoops. Monica questions about her photographer, about her band, you know, like all all the wedding things. And Rachel spots a lady carrying a dress and walks over to her and like tells her about Kleinman's and says like, you can get this at a much like cheaper price if you go to the store. But she quickly learns that that lady she was talking to actually owns the wedding dress stop shop. Mm-hmm. So a couple things in this scene specifically. I don't like Monica in straps. Oh, no, I don't sure, like no. this dress on her at all. I do love Rachel in a turtleneck, though, with her short hair. I think <laughs> yeah, she so looks cute. fabulous. So adorable. Rachel, I, her and short hair is some of my favorite, though. Like... I actually think it's great. She pulls it off so well. So well. She has like the perfect neck for it where the hair isn't that short because she has like a neck. Yeah. She just wears it really well. Yeah. Um, A couple of facts about this other bride to be Megan Bailey. She is played by Andrea uh, Bendewald. She is one of Jennifer Aniston's best friends and was a bridesmaid at her wedding to Brad Pitt. And Aniston was Bendewald's matron of honor at her wedding to Mitch Ruse or Rouse. She also went on to star in Employee of the Month in 2004. Her co-star in Employee of the Month was Christina Applegate, who plays Rachel's sister, Amy Green, in the episodes, the one with Rachel's other sister and the one where Rachel's sister babysits. So we are not quite there yet, but lots of interesting connections with our other bride-to-be. Yeah. All right, so we head back outside, and Joey is walking past the same girl from earlier who is still unloading her car, and he asks if she would like some help, which she takes because the last guy left early due to hurting his back, and he asks, he he just flat out asked about her boyfriend, like, is your, well, was it your boyfriend? She says no. So then he takes that moment to ask her if she has dinner plans, which she unfortunately does, but offers tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So you were going to say something about Joey? Oh, I just think he's gotten smoother with his pickups. Oh, 100%. we've seen him in the show. I feel like this was a good interaction with Joey. It wasn't awkward. It was actually, he did a good job. It felt more like natural than some of his other stuff does. Yes, agreed. Like not forced. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so then we had to climb in, and the girls are waiting outside to get in. Uh, Monica, <laughs> being Monica, gives the lowdown for what they need to do. Usually yes. only one dress in each size. is Usually the store only has one dress in each size. So they have to fan out, memorize the dress. Once located, blow three sharp blasts on the whistle, mm-hmm. and don't mm-hmm. be a baby, which is <laughs> probably my favorite part. <laughs> So the door... I love how before they hold on before they talk about the, before they even go into that they look around they're like so this is Brooklyn <laughs> as if as if it's just like so beneath them and so different. I also want to say yeah. that Rachel looks great in a leather coat she oh, yeah. is pulling that off yeah um so the door is open there's a stampede mm-hmm. 
and it pushes Rachel <laughs> to the side, <laughs> which causes her to go in last, basically. <laughs> It was funny and to watch. And Phoebe comes out yelling at her. She's <laughs> like, come on! <laughs> I don't. Yeah. It was funny. So Monica, so this whole scene is kind of like quick. So Monica yeah. is holding her ground, looking for the dress, when she yeah. spots it. And she has it on one side of the rack. Yes. And she starts like pulling it out when a hand from the other side just like yanks it and her through the rack. And we yeah. find Megan the girl from yep. the store the other day holding on to the same dress. And Monica tells her like, look, I found the dress. And Megan is like basically was there for the sole purpose of getting that exact same dress and tells Monica like, yeah, you can watch me buy it. And Monica is like not having it. She says no. Yeah. And I'm going to fight totally, you for like, this. flipped on her. Yes. Yeah. So she starts to blow her whistle to like let the girls know like i have it phoebe hears it starts running but she like doesn't understand like where she's running because it's like coming from one direction but she's not sure and then she hears another whistle and we find rachel crouched beneath like like, under a rack of clothing of like dresses like cowering from these these brides um and phoebe like grabs her and they run to monica who's got megan on the ground like hog style (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. and just quickly like throws the dress at Monica or at Phoebe and says like, I'll meet you at the checkout. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really all that happens there. The fact that Rachel has to be found, Phoebe going back and forth and can't figure out where the whistle is coming from. And then Rachel just being in the middle of one of the dress racks, just blowing. It's almost, this is probably the first time in a long time that I have actively remembered that Rachel does not come from a bargain shopping world. This is not her scene. She grew up with her daddy's credit card in her wallet. And this is by far the least, this is the farthest that Rachel has ever been from her upbringing. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> now, a I, great, that's a great way to put it. I didn't even think like, cause I was thinking, isn't she from like the shopping world, but like the bargain shopping world? No. She she says, like, these people are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just liked that. To me, it does track. Now, I know that Rachel has been out of that world since, I mean, the beginning, practically, because that is the start of the show, which is when she moves in with Monica. But to me, it tracks that even in her having to figure out her life, she still doesn't track as a bargain hunter. So her getting overwhelmed, overstimulated in this environment, to me, classic Rachel. I thought it made a lot of sense. Yeah, also, definitely. the dress that Monica finds is not the same dress she finds at this Kleinman's. But the dress changes back to the original dress when she is admiring it on her couch later, which we'll obviously get to in a future scene. But I just wanted yeah. to call out, that is not the same dress. I don't yeah. know why you wouldn't use the same dress. I know it still had sleeves, but it was not the same dress. I don't know why you would change it when you've got the dress on hand. Maybe they Who misplaced knows? it or forgot which one they picked. I don't know. All right. So over in the cafe, Chandler inquires about Ross's date, joking about the sewage system, which Ross is talking about. But he doesn't care because she wants to see him again and he is going to call her. So Joey mm-hmm. comes in. 
and tells Chandler about a date that he just went on with a girl who lives <laughs> across the street. It doesn't take very long for Chandler to put no. two and two together when <laughs> Ross returns saying that they have another date on Saturday. But he's also learned that she's seeing someone else too. And Chandler asks Joey what he thinks Ross should do when, <laughs> when he says that he, you know, like he's also in the same boat. Like this girl that Joey's dating is also dating someone else. So Ross claims he would hate to be the <laughs> other guy going up against Joey. And Chandler takes this moment to excuse himself, but not before asking both of them what the name of the girl was that they are dating. And it happens to be Kristen Lang. <laughs> Which is just hilarious. I love Chandler loves being in the middle here. Oh, loves it. And then and then when he goes, bye <laughs> as soon as yeah. as he's soon like, as oh. they both name her, he's like, bye, and just gets out of there. I think I love how much Chandler loves in this moment being in the middle and having the information and playing it out as long as possible until the very end, especially when he's like, yeah. I, now, guys, I have to go. And believe me, I wish I didn't. Another random thing, those mugs, the ones where they're orange and yellow, but they have that kind of Chinese takeout writing on them. The Central Park mugs are back behind the uh, behind Ross on this little display that makes it look like it's merch and I just want to buy it so bad <laughs> just had to call that out because I was like it looks like I could literally pop over there and buy it as merch from that cafe and it's just sad to me that I can't okay so still in the cafe Ross says that they should look at this objectively before they both go back and forth stating why each of them should be the one that dates her but Ross says mm. they should let her decide after they've both gone out on one more date. Um, and he decides that he wants to take her to this nice French restaurant. But Joey says that they should have a spending limit because Ross's income is much higher than Joey's is. Mm -hmm. um, but Ross doesn't really go for that until Joey says that, you know, what he will, he'll just do what he does on dates, which implies that he's just going to sleep <laughs> with her. Yeah. And Ross quickly settles on $100 per date. Mm -hmm. um, so then we head up to the apartment. The girls are all sitting in the living room admiring the dress. When the phone rings, it's Megan telling Monica that she just booked the Swing Kings for the exact day of her wedding. How did she and even get her number? That's honestly, I have no idea. How did people get numbers back in the day? Um, so she booked the Swing Kings for the day of their wedding and she's not going to let them go unless she gets that dress. So she's basically blackmailing her and Monica's torn because this is the dress that she wants, but Chandler really wants that band. And it's like one of his only requests. So Phoebe mm -hmm. tells her that she needs to talk him out of it because this is the dress. And it was yeah. such a quick scene. Did you have anything else there? I just like how Monica and Rachel are both still wearing the whistles <laughs> around their necks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Ross, at, over at Ross's, Joey stops by to wish him good luck on his date. And he notices the receipt for flowers that Ross sent Kristen equaled $100. So he basically mm -hmm. tells Ross that he's screwed. Like you just spent your entire budget on flowers. But Ross doesn't think it counts because he sent them before their date. 
but Joey calls okay. it cheating. What do you think? Do what same. do where where do you lie on this side on the on the side oh, of the argument? I'm with I'm with Joey. That's cheating. I'm with Ross. I think that is clever. Does it's not count clever. as part of the I date. Won't, I won't I won't lie. It is clever, but it's cheating because you I don't spent think so. like your <laughs> I think it is. I'm 100% with Joey on this. Like the date the date is the entire thing. Like everything that you're doing with Kristen or for Kristen is the date. So if you spent $100 on flowers and your budget was 100 bucks, you're screwed. Wow. I couldn't think more differently than you on this, but that's why I love I love us. That's funny. Now I want to know where our fans lie. Where do our listeners, not our fans, friends fans, where well, we do should you ask them lie? in a in a question. We'll do it on a poll in the episode. Those happen I think mostly on Spotify, but if you go over to Spotify, listen to this episode, tell us, do you think Ross was cheating by buying her $100 worth of flowers? Yes or no? So are you Ross or Joey in this situation? Are you Ross or Joey? That's how we'll write it. I'm, I'm a Ross. I'm a Joey. Joey. I'm on Ross's side. Wow. Interesting. All right. Interesting. We head back to the apartment and the girls are rallying to convince Chandler that swing music is out. And Rachel mm-hmm. says the last wedding she went to was swing music that caused, caused the couple to divorce after two months. And Phoebe says it's music. It's the music of the dying. But Chandler is adamant that he has to have them because he and Monica had so much fun at the concert. And one other reason, when they were dancing to this music, it was it was the exact moment he realized he wanted to dance all the dances with her. Just like Chandler to like really I mean, get in how there. do you come how do you argue with that? You can't. It's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So over on Ross's date, they're waiting on a table at a restaurant (laughs) (laughs) when Joey strolls on saying that he's that is unhinged, not breaking any rules. No, this is where Joey messed up. He is where I'm not on Joey's side. He should not have retaliated this way because he ended up putting the foot in both of their mouths. Like, they both ended up losing her. Yeah. Oh, Joey. So. Hilarious, though. Yeah. Kristen introduces them. Ross throws out that he used to have a friend named Joey. And he joins them at their table while they're waiting. And Ross mentions that he looks familiar. So Kristen says he's on TV in Days of Our Lives. Ross remembers, oh, that's right. He plays a woman on Days of Our Lives. Joey corrects him that he plays a woman in a man's body. But Joey bites back with his, about Ross's divorce, which I feel like is always the comeback for Ross. Like, do you know Ross's divorce? Always. Um, But Ross has already mentioned that to Kristen. And they have also already talked about his son. But it basically just spurs another back and forth where he... You know, tells him about not one, not two, but three divorces and all these other things that they're spatting about before they look to the side and realize that Kristen has deserted the table. She's gone. Mm-hmm. So the host yeah. comes over, tells them the table is ready, and they both decide, well, we might as well go eat some food. So they go together. Yeah. 
Uh, yes. They're being so petty. So stupid. Obviously. I love that the guy in the back after she leaves is just staring at them because they've been yelling. <laughs> and yeah. it has the same energy as the tell-all scene that was in front of Ross's parents where they all oh, kind yeah. of like exposed each other. Now, a slight spoiler. I wouldn't say it's like really heavy, but during this co-date, I guess, <laughs> they keep in- mentioning these embarrassing things that they've done over the years. And Ross asks Joey about a time he ate his date's food. And then Kristen realizes that Joey must have eaten her crab cake when she went to the bathroom. This situation is then going to be the center of one of the subplots three years later in season 10, the one with the birth mother, where Joey ends up eating his date's dessert. So that will be kind of a callback later on. And then I will say that throughout the entire series, I do want to call this out. Ross and Joey are the only characters to date an African-American woman. So I this is another little bit of a spoiler. Joey and Ross have relationships with these two African-American women each. And both times they each date the same woman, which is just kind of crazy. In the one with the cheap wedding dress, which is the one we're talking about now, they both run into Kristen, who is obviously Gabrielle Union, just for those of you who don't know mm-hmm. her. And they discover later that they're both dating her at the same time. And in the one with the soap opera party, this is down in 2003. So we have a couple more years till we get to this storyline. Joey hooks up with Charlie, who is Aisha Tyler, at his soap opera party. And they start dating while Ross clearly has a crush on her before this happened. Less to Joey's knowledge, however. In the one with uh, the one in Barbados, when Charlie spends more time with Ross... They spend some alone time in Barbados together. She realizes she should be with him. She breaks up with Joey. Later that day, Ross kisses Charlie and they end up dating. And Joey okays it since Joey was secretly dating the love of Ross's life, Rachel, at the time. So it gets a little messy, but I did want to call out the fact that while there isn't a lot of representation of African-Americans in this show, it is interesting that the ones who date african-americans are both ross and joey and they both date both of them (laughs) which is crazy so just wanted to call that out yeah nice sketch all right so the last scene before the tag unless your version has had any other random scenes who knows who knows (laughs) um we're in the apartment chandler comes home and monica yells from the bedroom not to come in and they joke that she has a boyfriend in there until the joke goes too far and Chandler, like, doesn't want to think about it. Um, but she's wearing a wedding dress and he can't see her. So he's excited for her having to got, having gotten one, but she mentions that she has to, unfortunately, return it, which has him asking why he can't then see it if it's not going to be the wedding dress. And she says, okay, like, that's fine, but he can't like it because she has to return it. And he very obviously loves it when she opens the door but continues to insult the dress because he's not supposed to like it and she mentions that she booked the swing kings and he continues to berate her or berate the dress saying that he wants to just rip it off of her and she tells him (laughs) no before thinking that maybe a little bit might be okay Yeah, you know there has to be a little bit of like, I don't want to give it back to this girl fully intact. Right. If I have to give yeah. it back to her. Ugh. Um, I did have that same scene as well. Cool. So then the tag, Monica 
comes in asking if they want to look at the song list and love finds, her orange jumper bomber jacket thing so pretty. yeah and finds that the boys are watching basketball while also doing facials yes they're little t-zones the oily yeah, t-zones they were cute <laughs> there is a couple of random one-off fun facts that i didn't quite know where to put so random one matt leblanc at one point, improvised his last line in the Ross and Joey story. He says, does the bear shit in the woods? But it was cut out in the TV episode. So obviously we didn't have that version. Carcass isn't the only heavy metal band referenced in this episode. In the scene where Ross and Chandler, then Joey later in the scenes, are talking to Kristen, the record store has a poster for Disturbed in the window behind them. I did notice that. Oh, nice. And then... These are just really trivial, but in 2001, Monica's wedding, she said it was May 15th. That would fall on a Tuesday. Megan's wedding, she said July 25th. That falls on a Wednesday. However, Monica tells Megan that her wedding is on May 15th, but the episode where we get them married on air happens to be on May 17th, 2001, which is two days after the date that we were told. So I don't know if they recorded it on the 15th, messed up and just didn't realize that they had messed up the timing, if it wasn't even remotely supposed to be continuous in their description of the dates. I'm not quite sure, but there it is. Nice. All right. Favorite scene? Oh, favorite scene. Um, I did love, on the sentimental side, I did love Chandler telling his reasons about him wanting the swing kings for their wedding i mean that is just the sweetest freaking thing i've ever heard it makes my little romance heart like pitter patter so (laughs) i definitely probably have to say that although the entire kleinman's scenes outside the door phoebe yelling at rachel the chaos Phoebe running back and forth because she keeps hearing the whistle but doesn't know which side of the store it's coming from. I think that part is hilarious, too. So on the funny side, I would say Kleinman's. On the sentimental side, definitely Chandler and the Swing Kings. Nice. What about Um, you? I would probably say I'm going to go sentimental again, I guess. Well, I mean, it's not really sentimental. The the last scene with Chandler and Monica when, you know, she tells him, like, you can't look at it, but he wants to look and... I think just the, I think because I'm I'm a sucker for like the first reveal at weddings, like when, and a lot of couples these days are doing like first reveals outside of walking down the aisle, which is fine to each their own. But like, I love, and this is going to sound weird because it's always about the bride usually, but I love watching the groom's face when he sees the bride for the first time and Mm -hmm. just that reaction. And so like to kind of see that in Chandler but also like him trying to respect her wishes by hating the dress was just like (laughs) funny so it was like sweet and funny at the same time and I loved it yeah that is great all right how would you rate it um rating I I would say I enjoyed this episode I don't think it hit for me quite the same as last episode but it was pretty close. I'd say uh, how you do it. Nice. I think it was pretty good. Um, I'm going to go right in the center with Unagi. Okay. 
right in the middle. It was good. I mean, it wasn't like a favorite episode, but it definitely had moments. So, sure. Cool. Okay. Well, post your wrap up. There is something from Social Media Spotlight that I wanted to read. Farid reached out to us. He said, this I think is like last Thursday. So it's been almost a week since he wrote this to us. So the timing of this is going to be a little off. But he said, hi there. I just want to tell you a little about my culture, if that's all right. Tonight is the longest night of the year, and also it is the last day of autumn. In Iran, we celebrate this night because we believe a new sun will be born tomorrow, and each day it rises more than the day before. It has been held for more than 2,500 years. We call it Yalda Night. We eat and drink and read poems on this night, specifically Hafez. I think Thanksgiving Day is the closest day to Yalda based on how they are held. I hope you find this interesting. That's it. Merry Christmas. Thanks, Fareed. I love that little bit of... um, A little bit of a culture episode. Then we got another reach out from Uncle Mike. He said, I can't imagine spending my time without your podcast. And you've given me so much more wonderful time and smiles. And it's incredible that um, two random women, he said two to me, (laughs) um, can bring me so much joy and entertainment only by talking. Please never stop. Uh, Do more. Um, Which is encouraging to us because I know me and you have had... (laughs) (laughs) Been on the struggle bus this December with making episodes. We have yet to be able to jump ahead. I don't know. Crazy. So then Kimberly uh, Anderson did send us the Good Morning America um, uh, there was like a post from Good Morning America and then there was a link that she sent to us as well. Um, of the Good Morning America, uh, wow, why can't I think, uh, report or whatever. It talked about Matthew Perry, how he died from acute effects of ketamine, according to the autopsy report. There's a whole, um, there's a whole article about other contributing factors from his, um, Autopsy. The autopsy listed drowning, coronary artery disease, and buprofarine effects as contributing factors not related to the immediate cause of death. The manner of death was ruled an accident. But she did send us that whole account. So thank you for that because we technically haven't followed up on it, but um, but we should have. Another one from our friend Addie. She said, I listened to the recent episode today where we're... Li- <laughs> Oh, no. I'm afraid to read this. Where Leanne talked about her intrusive thought. Okay, it's just the crime one. Thank God she didn't mention the murder. Being whether or not she can pull off getting away with the crime. I don't know if you have heard of this TV show called Hunted, but I thought you would like it. Basically, pairs of civilians are given fugitive status. Oh, my God. I love this already. What? Where they must evade capture from former FBI and CIA agents for 28 days who work towards capturing them through license plate cameras, ATM cameras, tracking their cell phone tower pings, reaching out to their family and friends, etc., to figure out their whereabouts. If the pair evades capture for all 28 days, they win a bunch of money. Money, such a good show. There was one U.S. season and like five or six U.K. seasons. I'm watching the U.K. version on Prime Video now, but the U.S. version has to be purchased on Prime Video. Um, she can said, we do this? Um, 100,000 out of 10 recommend. Oh my gosh. Addie, I think I would slay at that entire. The fact that like people would, one, go to an ATM to get money. That's ridiculous. Two, call your family and like use your own license plate. That is just the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So 
I think what I would do is I would break into my friend's apartment because I have one of my keys. I have one of their keys and I would grab their car keys and take their car. Now, they would think it was stolen, which then they would ultimately figure out it was me. And then but it, by then it would be too late because I would already have a head start. I ditched their car after I got far enough away. And then I would continue trying to evade capture. But like the fact that people get caught because they like use their family's resources and and all of the most obvious. I just think I could do it. That is my topic. Yeah, here's, here's I think I could do it. You're saying that from this side of like this vantage point. If you were actually oh, fugitive, th- th- things might change. You know, like you might need somebody oh, to I talk know. to. And who's going to talk to you? Your family. So I get it. I get I, both I sides. understand it. I just can't believe people are that stupid to use the most obvious resources. And that's why I think I would be good at not getting caught because I wouldn't use the obvious resources. I think you should apply for this job or this this, <laughs> this thing. I think I should. I would watch I it. I think I should. Our friends um, would watch it. Okay. Love, love, love all of this. Um, we, okay. Yeah, I think that's good. I think that's good for now. We've gotten I've, I'm, I'm looking at like the list of people that we've gotten stuff from and you guys are sending different resources and reels and posts. And it's uh, our friend Taryn. She sent us the uh, a, a link that has all of the scripts and shows which scenes or words were cut. It's kind of fascinating how much was cut and how they did it which actually could probably have been very helpful for us when we started this podcast like five years ago. Um, but we might be able to, re- we we might reference it moving forward too, which might be kind of fun. So yeah, social media spotlight. Let's do recommends to a friend. Llewellyn, go for it. What you got? Yeah, um, I'm going to recommend this one because it's the new year almost. And that's a not? great one to do. Yeah. So I used to keep a planner, like a physical planner. I did for years. Me too. um, Like to write down, basically just to like help me get everything out of my head. And because as much as I love using my calendar on my phone, sometimes I just want to like take the time to write things out because I just feel like it's, Mm. I can be like more creative in that way too. And like it's a creative outlet, I guess as well. And I'm just, I like to be organized and I feel like if it's written down there, um, like in like physical pen or pen on paper, it just kind of like solidifies the plans more to me, um, I guess. I don't know. A lot of different reasons. But Mm -hmm. in the last couple of years, I've kind of gone away from physical planners and I've just like strictly done Google Calendar, reminders, all of that, which is fine. That's a thing that you can do. And I, I probably won't stop using my Google Calendar, but... I decided this year, because I have an iPad, and I know a couple weeks ago I recommended my dupe Apple Pencil that I bought, and I I realized at that moment that I probably should have said why I needed to get that first, and that is because I decided that I would like to purchase a digital planner. So long story short, I'm recommending digital planners. Um, I'm not that well versed in it yet because digital planners are way more i just dropping things no big deal um digital planners are way more like i don't even know the right word intense than i thought they would be um 
But on Black Friday, I was just kind of like scrolling through Etsy, mindlessly looking at things that I didn't need to buy. But I was like, what what else can I buy for cheap? And I came across this lady who was selling like a bundle of them. And I started looking at them. And the more I looked at them, I was like, you know what? I kind of would like a fitness planner, like some kind of because I've been, you know, going to the gym more, like working out, all that, whatever. But like, I'm not tracking things as well as I would like to. And so I started looking at like fitness journals and like planners and stuff for that. And it landed me on this lady who literally was selling a bundle of her planners, which was six planners for like seven bucks, like six completely done digital planners for like seven bucks, which like is actually insane because there's over like 3,000 pages of stuff and like stickers and like all sorts of things for $7, like super insanely cheap. And they were all undated, which is really nice. Um, so you can use them year over year. So I bought it and I started looking through it, realized it's very overwhelming. So if you're not like a planner or if you're not somebody who likes detail, it might not be your cup of tea, but if you are somebody that likes that stuff and you like to customize, I would highly recommend it. Um, so far I've only started working in the fitness journal and then she also has like an overarching, like all in one as well. And so I just started putting stuff in that for January. Um, I've kind of been using December to like build out the first month of next year and like figuring out what I like and what I don't like. Um, and it's been really nice. It's been nice to like kind of just turn on TV in the background or like put headphones on with music and just kind of create something that I have a template for, but I can like also put my own spin on it, which is really fun. Um, and it's been nice to be able to find a reason to like use my iPad, which is a big reason why I got it. Cause I was like, you know what I need, I want something that I can do on this. It's not just playing games. So I bought these planners to do it. So it's been nice so far. Um, so if you're looking for planners in the future and you're like, I don't really want to get like a physical one and you want something more digital and customizable, I highly recommend digital planners. I will add the link that I bought. I don't know what kind of deal she has going into the New Year's, but um, there's tons of them out there. Like literally just go to Etsy or go to Google or anywhere and type in digital planner and you'll get like a million options. Um, I really like it. It's really kind of fun to customize, but um, yeah. So heading into New Year, you want to get more organized for everything. There's also like, there's like financial ones there's like dream ones there's goals there's reading ones like there's literally a planner for everything i haven't even looked at all the planners because there's so many that i bought in this like seven dollar bundle so yeah i highly recommend digital planners that's it what about you that's awesome okay i'm gonna go more hmm, homemakery um i hate cleaning the bathroom Preach. There's just something about bending over a tub that irritates me. And then scrubbing the sides of a tub, you're using arm motions that you don't normally do. Like you're going up and down and then sideways and then you're bent over. So you're like hot and annoyed. And I, I just hate, I hate cleaning bathrooms, especially the tubs so much. So finally, on Black Friday, I decided that I was going to buy an electric spin scrubber 
that has an extension on it, an extension pole, so that I don't have to bend over the tub while I'm cleaning it. You kind of have to bend like a little bit, but the only exertion you're doing is pushing the scrubber like into the surface harder. So you're not doing as much physical work because the disc itself is spinning, therefore cleaning the surface. And I swear the first time I did this, even though my roommate trade on and off every week who like we clean all common surfaces once a weekend and we just trade off every other. I swear after I did it that first time, our bathtub has never been that clean and we both clean it every other week. So if you're wanting a little bit of less effort physically to clean your bathroom, I know it probably won't last forever. It's probably super cheaply made, but it was on sale for Black Friday and I just give yourself a little bit of a break. I will recommend electric spin scrubbers to a friend. I will buy them over and over, even if they die quickly, because it is worth the money to me. Nice. I'm going to buy that already. I can tell you right now. Nice. Awesome. Well, I'll link it in the show. I'll link the one I got. Again, I got mine on Black Friday, so it it was on sale. So same thing with yours at your own cost, but... Okay, next week we are going to cover the one with Joey's award. Yeah, so we'll see you guys next week on the One with Friends podcast.